Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 3rd of June, 2021. I almost want to say that like breaking news. <laughs> 2021 is almost halfway over. Like, I don't even feel like it's begun yet. And uh, it's almost halfway done. But you know what? We're, we're, we're almost in the middle of the year. COVID's almost over in, in, in much of the developed world. We've, you know, we were getting up to like, like, like uh, 60, 70, 80% of the population is getting vaccinated. We got a summer full of hope and opportunity. It's almost upon us. And what does Google do? It hits us with a double whammy of a core update. The June, July 2021 core update went live as of 1 p.m. Eastern yesterday. And uh, we don't know a lot about this core update yet. Um, there's a lot of speculation. It's going to be centered around um, core web vitals, C, uh, CWV. That may or may not be true. Um, you know, one, th one, one thing, the one thing I can say for certain about core about uh, core updates is um, we don't name them anymore, and it's not as much fun. It used to be so much fun to name them, and then like you know, Danny Sullivan took over as search liaison at Google and started you know imposing that we're going to name them after the month and year that they're. I think we should name all core updates after Danny Sullivan from now on. <laughs> so this is the core Danny Sullivan, uh, the core July June July Danny Sullivan. What do you think? <laughs> think, it'll, think it'll take? We kind of commemorate him somehow, right? Well, then, what a way that would be. I don't know if that's what Danny would want, but that's okay because we're the SEO community and he now represents the the, the engine. So. That's right. Uh. He's got over to the other side. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's upon us. Um, have I? I mean, there hasn't been a lot of reports of of major uh, overarching change. Have you seen anything yet? No, I mean, there's stuff in uh, you know. I mean, but there is every morning when I like check my dashboards and go who's up who's down and it's pretty atypical maybe a little more but like none of the sensors are going off either um <laughs> which is what that leads me to believe i don't know perhaps perhaps you as well is that this was a it's it's core right like it doesn't mean anything actually functionally changed in how signals are, are factored it just means we changed something in in sort of it could be an architectural change it could be mm -hmm. like we changed the way our community computers communicate they're a little more efficient now right it could be anything like that. that's right caffeine um, was a core update um, exactly didn't really change anything but it's often a precursor to it's about to hit the fan if you're an seo <laughs> <laughs> well this is a double whammy update um this one is taking part in two parts uh the first one running as of like noonish 1 p.m eastern time yesterday mm -hmm. the second one running um next month sometime mm -hmm. so what does that mean to you like they're starting something that has to be finished later or, or or what you know i've seen a lot of development cycles i'm sure you have too not nothing as as robust as 
the myriad of Google data centers, <laughs> right? The, the, and, and the connectivity between them um, needs to be. But even in, in simple production environments, I mean, heck, even when I'm buggering about, I'm writing an article right now on like some page speed things you can do to like sort of band-aid your site if you're not ready yet for the core web vitals. Um, you know, even that, I'll sometimes do a thing, measure, wait, and then do the next thing, right? Where it's like, I need to see what this does and, and then move on to the next thing. A great example, um, and it's, it's part of the article, but, but people can get a little, like a, I guess, an, an early listen, um, is moving to Cloudflare, right? I went, okay, here's to their free, and I held my site there for a couple months. Then I upgraded, right? And, and, and on something, but I, in my case, I just wanted to measure the difference, right? I wanted to actually go, okay, over a long term, this is the difference here. And then when I move, move it forward, here, here's the difference here through multiple tests over time. I'm my site as ignored as it is, is not even kind of close to as complex. <laughs> no, but you got images. With. You carry a lot of images on your site. I, I do. Yeah. And I mean, there, there is a lot of stuff. And I mean, the, the, the results are, are significant. You can just wait. There'll be an article coming soon to search well, engine journal discussing just this. But the, the point of course being, they might just be going, let's just hold, see what happens and then do the next thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it might be something that required them to do what they're doing now. Right. They had to create the hardware infrastructure, make sure that's stable and then deploy like a, an algorithmic adjustment. Right. That allows them to, you know, now Smith's in there right in the algorithm or something instead of it being, you know, Bert or on top of Bert or beside Bert or they're hanging out together. Right. Like whatever it is that, that they're going to introduce, um, you know, whatever, um, you know, it, it could just be that they need to make sure that the hardware update they just did. And the update did seem kind of lackluster. If you're watching rankings, at least from where I'm sitting, um, you know, it, it could just be as, as simple as that. Now, it's important to remember that Google said in the past that when they do core updates, it might be um, a lot that you can do to recover from it until the next core update actually takes place. A um, couple of points. This is a one-two punch, um, again, a, a June and July update. So... I don't know if you get what if you do happen to find yourself whacked by the June part of the update, it doesn't necessarily follow the July part of the update is going to redeem you, but it doesn't necessarily not follow either. Um, nor does it follow that if you got whacked on the December 3rd update that you're going to get um, redemption on the June slash July updates. Um, but if it's going to happen, um, if there is a correction to be made because of December 3rd, you're probably going to get rewarded. If not now, next month, we'll see what happens. Um, there's a lot of a lot of feeling that this has to do with Core Web Vitals. What do you think? I, I don't know that it does. Um, I mean, only in that, and this is to me, I mean, what do I know about what actually goes on back there, right? Like, <laughs> I, I'm just sort of like guessing based on some stuff I've seen. I have no idea how how the systems actually function together, um, you know, in, in, in Google. If you want to invite me over, guys, and show me and explain really clearly <laughs> what the algorithm is, that'd be awesome. Uh, or I should better say guys and gals. But, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it does. Now, I think that might incorporate in there that they might be building more robust systems, but they've sort of shown us the metrics already that they're going to be using, right? Like mm -hmm. they, they've been measuring. Yeah. They're, they're fine tuning them. In fact, we can talk about one of those other stories. They were Absolutely. just fine tuning yeah, yeah. a couple of days ago, but 
they already kind of have that. And I can't see them throwing a core update right now for something they need in what, two weeks, right? Like that's, that's, that's kind of tight for me in like, we're, we're, we're deploying a, a significant signal change and we're just putting our core together now. That, that wouldn't I'm, really make sense. I'm really inclined to agree with you for that exact same reason. Um, the only thing that would lead people to think that this core update has to do with core web vitals is the coincidental nature that they sound similar and timing. <laughs> yeah. We know that we know that core web vitals is coming online, um, if not already impacting ranking, we know mm -hmm. for sure it will be impacting ranking sometime by the end of summer. Um, so you know, I can see people going, Oh, my God, this has got to be about C uh, core web vitals It's got to got to got to but you know what? Like Dave just said, if Google's going to be making a massive change, one would hope, because these are the smartest kids in the room, one would hope that they've already thoroughly tested the heck out of what they're going to be introducing, <laughs> which means they already got it. They're yeah. not introducing it now. It's already in play. Yeah. So what we need to think about is what's the next big thing, because that's what this core update did. And Bingo. that's, I think we, we, like, when we do start getting that information as far as what was included in this core update, assuming we do, um, and we might not, but if we, if we did, and if it's a big infrastructure change, they probably will let us know what it was. It might be, you know, when the second one rolls out, this is what we did. Um, I think that becomes telling, right? The core updates that are infrastructure-based, generally tend to be okay six months a year from now we're going to be rolling out some major changes in, in what we're doing well and remember google has talked about doing some pretty spiffy things um mum you know yeah. being it being able to 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 take a look at an object a photograph of an object and determine what that object is how it might be used not only how it might be used by in general but how it might be used by the person making the query um, and then coming up with search results from all of that, um, that's, uh, that's going to require extra stuff somewhere along their chain, yeah. their information chain. I can't presume to know what that stuff is. I think they call them servers, but I don't know. Um, it's going to require a lot more computational power, though. This could be an infrastructure upgrade. Well, and that's, that's what this all ends up boiling down to, right? And I mean, one thing that, that, we have to run. I mean, I guess I have the the perk, and I am not an engineer like the people I'm about to talk to. But I'm lucky because I get to work for a company that does machine learning stuff, right? So I get to like sort of see what I get to hear really smart people talk and kind of feel dumb, but it's okay. Like I get to I get to sort of like hear hear what they're doing, and part of this will be if if we're on the right track, and we gotta. I just need to like note that as you would like, we might be completely out to lunch. Absolutely, <laughs> like we might be it's absolutely wrong on, on what this is about. But a lot of the time and, and a lot of their big enhancements lately came out with, with IO and, and has, has sort of come out as, as releases since then from the, the Google AI team also has to do with not increasing computational power, but rather improving the efficiency of the languages and libraries and things that they're using. Well, if you're doing that, you're often going to need different hardware to accomplish that task. Like, brute force hardware is different than elegant hardware right like when you're just like <laughs> i just need to like push ones and zeros through this yep. thing that's very different um than, than some of the more sophisticated pieces of technology that they that they can be using um which are are meant for for more you know elaborate um sorts of things 
And as well, sometimes you need less computational power distributed more broadly. Really, mm -hmm. there's just so many things that they could be doing right now. Um, and with the like massive, massive push into AI, well, I guess more machine learning that we were hearing about at Google I.O., I have yep. no doubt um, that we're, we're, a lot of what we're seeing is going to be infrastructure based related to starting to push um, some of these newer um, algorithms, systems and, and, and processes and models um you know into into production yeah yeah bottom line um dave and i have been have been making these sort of predictions in one way <laughs> or another for like nigh on 20 years now and yep. we don't know what's going on we have you know some some guesses but we don't know what this core update is all about so here's our best advice and I, I hope dave agrees with this keep your expectations low or at least keep them wide open. You don't know what's going to be happening next. This could well be Core Web Vitals, could well be different way of measuring um, signals that Google's getting. It could well just be a massive infrastructure upgrade given that Google, even though we're supposed to keep our expectations low and open, be prepared to be amazed. Google's saying they're going to do some pretty um, incredible stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we're on the cusp of seeing what pretty incredible stuff actually looks like in the real world. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of incredible stuff, yeah. I want to, I, I think it's time we got to, we got to say thanks to uh, Erica Veraguli, who incidentally, I think has like today's coolest SEO name ever, Erica <laughs> Veraguli. Uh, she writes for, for SEMrush and um, in the how to learn SEO um, uh, 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 article that, 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 that uh, she put out the other day, uh, she named Webcology the number one podcast in a really strong field of podcasts to learn from. And uh, again, we've been doing this for a long time, but it's good to know that, you know, we're, 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 we're helpful and relevant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I, I thought that was, you know, obviously I, I, I think that's great. Every time we, we make a, we make a list and we, we've made a few of them over the years. It's like, we've been doing this for like 16 years or something. Eventually you're going to make a list, even if it's just, you know, thousand monkeys at typewriters. Yeah, but uh, still make them after 16 years <laughs> feels really good. It, it, it does feel very, very good. And that's a, a great list with some outstanding names, both in that section. Um, and I mean, you know, after that, she gets into the like SEO experts to follow, including names like John Mueller and Barry no and Aleda. And I'm just like, okay, to have like, Ow. to be included in a list of, of people like that, it's also um, uh, pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 I've got to admit, like, I'm terrified of, of outgrowing the field, you know, of getting too old to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like I'm doing that. And then sometimes I feel like I make the sudden leap forward in my understanding of things. Right. And uh, yeah, again, it's just so gratifying to, 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 to know that we're really not fakes. Because <laughs> 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 you get that complex. It, it happens. It's for real. I think everybody in SEO gets that complex, eh? You know, I, I, I tend to really, really agree. And it's, it's a theme that I'm, I'm reading often from people yeah. and i mean obviously i've i've had it too that sort of imposter syndrome and i think it hits like a lot when you've been in you, you remember i mean you were there and, and heck some of our listeners probably weren't even born yet but um back <laughs> at the, the old ses that i was referring to and like the, we were veterans a little long in the tooth at the time in our like what was it late 20s or something like that at the time i'm talking about mm -hmm. maybe, maybe early and, you know, the, the, the younger whippersnappers with their, we control the internet walking down the street. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. That, that was me like a year in. Yeah. Like that sort of Dunning-Kruger effect, right? Like you're in there and you think, oh, okay, I now, like I've ranked a site in the top three. I am Midas. <laughs> and off you go. And then all of a sudden you learn the, the vast complexities and the, the scope of the space 
um, that you're actually in. And all of a sudden it's like, oh no. And then you start reading people, especially these days, you read people like, um, you know, Jamie or, or, or Barry or Elena, or, and these people are talking about things you've never even thought of because the space is so big. Like it's yeah. not that you're better or worse. I mean, some of these people might be better. They might be worse. Like, I have no idea. That's sort of the point being we're constantly reading people talking about brilliant stuff we've never thought of before because it's not our space or it is, but we've never thought of it that way. And we're dealing with really, really smart people. So I think it's natural for all of us to at some point, and I, I've certainly done it, sounds like you have too. And I think everybody in our space has looked at other smart people and gone, oh, I don't know that. Like, how can I not know that? Oh. Well, you can't because you can't know everything. <laughs> so. Oh my God, you know, most of the guests we have on intimidate the hell out of me because <laughs> they are just so smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, but then and- so are you, right? And you've probably written something that's intimidated them at some point. And, and that's just the way this all goes. Well, that was the um, threatening note I caught them to come on the show in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, at, this, at this point, we've we got to take a break in a sec. But at this point, I do, want, I do want to note something that I've been seeing in the industry in the last couple of weeks, and it's bothering me. There's some bullying going on. Oh. Um, we're in a really complex industry. People will have slightly different thoughts on the same sort of thing. If you get three SEOs in a room and ask a question, you're going to get six different opinions, most of which will be a variation of it depends. Look, we're going to have disagreements. We're going to say things as we go along um, that might sound kind of flaky, but if you give a couple more sentences before jumping on the person, you might see they had a point. Mm -hmm. I'm scared that we're stifling our own intellectual growth and the growth of our sector by shutting people down and having to be right at all costs. And, and I, I've just seen debate get smushed recently under, under the weight of ego rather than, the, rather than the weight of like empirical evidence. And if you're going to shut down debate with a ton of empirical evidence, bully for you. But if you're going to shut down debate because you've got a big ego, you're a damn bully. Mm-hmm. And I ain't cool. I don't know specifically what you're referring to. I guess I must have missed that cue somewhere. <laughs> Sounds like I'm glad I wasn't involved in that discussion. But well, message right. sp- message passed. Um, if the person who is the person peoples who is listening, come on, give each other a break. That's how we built this industry by bashing ideas against each other, not bashing each other. Yeah. Okay. All that right. said, I'm glad to have said that, and I, I feel like a hundred pounds has been lifted off my shoulders. Now we got to go make 100 pounds American style. We got to do some commercials here on uh, on on, on WebCology and WMR. So on behalf of Dave Davies from BSUNK Internet Marketing, this is Jim at Jim Joey's Media. It's the 3rd of July as we're recording this live to podcast. You're listening to WebCology and WMR, and we are back after these messages. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. 
With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 3rd of June, 2021, and either I'm getting ahead of myself or y'all are witnessing a massive glitch in the matrix. It's June, not July. Uh, apologies, my mistake. Uh, well, we're here. It's a couple of announcements that uh, that that, that uh, are just fun to make. Um, Carolyn, Jeremy, Catfish, and Michael, we see you through the radio. Happy birthday. Uh, you, you, you put up an announcement that I think you're going to have a lot of fun making. Uh, which, which, Elmer. which one? Elmer's. Elmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was chatting with him yesterday on, uh, on, on a Zoom, uh, a Zoom chat. So, maybe so happy. Uh, yeah, I know. Elmer Booten. Uh, I hope I've just pronounced uh, his, his name correctly. I've actually never verified that with him. So, but that's okay. People on this show are, are used to their names being mispronounced because Dave just spouts it out for the first time. Uh, anyway, he has joined uh, Right Internet Marketing with uh, as a VP of Operations. So, yeah. just a big, big congrats. That made me so happy to read. Yeah. Um, and congratulations to Tony Wright and the folks over at uh, Right I Am as well, eh? Because. Um... You both, I mean, y'all both won. I know. Isn't it great when you see those sort of <laughs> hires and you're like, I don't know who to congratulate first. <laughs> um, so that's wonderful. That, 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 that was a, uh, a story that, that gave me a massive smile. Yeah. Okay. So the insufferable is about to become inescapable. If uh, you got ads that follow you around like bad pennies. Well, this one won't follow you around like a bad penny because it doesn't actually exist. Google's about to allow ads for crypto, cryptocurrency ads and crypto wallets and all that sort of stuff are about to uh, hit Google. And that, that doesn't bother me. It's the retargeting stuff that's going to drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I, I don't, yeah, I don't really have a problem with it. Like from a, like, I think the, 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 that sector of things is now old enough that everybody knows, right? Like everybody knows that as soon as you're investing, no, I, I'm not even going to say, as soon as you're putting money into crypto, I'm not even going to use the word investing when it comes <laughs> to crypto. And I have some, like, I mean, but I, I treat my crypto money the same way I view, hey, I'm going to go to Vegas for PubCon. I'm going to bring a few hundred bucks to never see again. <laughs> like that's sort of how I've gone. It happens to have done kind of well for me over, over a few years, but it could be gone tomorrow. And I wouldn't weep because I didn't put anything in. I couldn't afford to just go, well, that was kind of fun. right? <laughs> and, and also that was all yesterday's money anyway. That's just made gains over time, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it's, I, I think now, like, I think it would have been potentially problematic early before people actually understood how volatile and how not a real thing 
<laughs> um, crypto is. Now, there are some exceptions we can get into, but I'm not going to debate that that side of thing. I'm referring to when you go on to those like cryptocurrency places, there's like 50 cryptocurrencies. You can probably name two or three, right? Unless you're actually like somebody who's into it right now. But most people can maybe name probably one, but maybe two or three, right? And so the rest of them are, are, are you know, also rands. Um, but I think we all kind of know that at least now. So I don't think there's this illusion that it is just this this great investment, same as a blue chip, chip stock sort of thing. It's not like putting your money in mutual funds. It's like, no, you're putting your money on black on the roulette table and it might go awesome, <laughs> but it well, also might go really, really bad. A lot more people are going to be invited on to the uh, floor at the cryptocurrency exchange. Um and there's a there's a number of rules that you're gonna have to follow if uh, if you are gonna be uh, advertising cryptos. So when I first saw the headline, my fear was all the fly by nighters would be jumping in and you'd be getting just completely flooded by ad. You wouldn't be able to avoid it. Would be like cannabis shops in Toronto. You just couldn't avoid one no matter where you went. Um, mm -hmm. Again, um, Google is going to have some some pretty spiffy uh, uh, regulations. Um, you got to be duly duly registered as a money services business. Um, you got to be a federal or state chartered bank entity. You got to comply with uh, relevant legal requirements, including uh, anything anything uh, local, um, be it state, civic, or federal. And you got to ensure your ads uh, and landing pages, of course, comply with all Google ad policies. Now, stepping outside of the crypto world for a second, you do a lot. You, have you ever had? a group of ads banned from Google for one reason or another because it stepped outside of um, Google ad policy? Not outside their, not real policies. Like I, I have done some and, and so I'm, I'm just going to note that I, I am familiar with the process of getting back in, but it's been like, I ended my ad with an exclamation mark <laughs> and they've got like, you're not allowed to do that policies. It's not really like a, you're not allowed okay, to be so in this industry. Like if you were in like, weed or something like that you've got a completely different set which is i think where you're going have you ever seen this is a question I, I i honestly do not know the answer to this except my gut says it should never happen have you ever seen a penalty in the paid world fall over into the organic world that might have something to do with landing page crossover i don't think out. i have i'm seeing it happen now i can't tell you the um client and i'm afraid i can't even tell you the sector because i would probably go find a way but um i'm absolutely seeing it happen now and i think it has something to do with landing page crossover and i can't prove it it's driving me nuts hmm. so that was a fishing that was, that was a blatant seo fishing attempt to see if you'd ever <laughs> happen to you <laughs> uh sorry about that hey no worries i'll try to something else um <laughs> that's the whole thing i've no Nobody, I've tried it. This has been going on for a couple of weeks now. And I, 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 if I wasn't so desperate for a damn answer, I wouldn't have said it out loud over the radio. You know, I, and, and just to give credit to a person that, that I, I think might be, might have an answer or have access to an answer would be Idas Nava. She's been on our show, super smart in the space, and Thanks. also has access to SEO. So they might have jointly <laughs> uh, at, at the agency hit that. I'm, I'm absolutely going to. Okay, moving moving right along. Um, something John Mueller said the other day. Um, I said, we pay a lot of attention to stuff John Mueller says. 
But as some John Muter said the other day, really raised my eyebrows. Mm. And um, I think it raised the eyebrows of a lot of people in the SEO industry. Technical issues may not be responsible. In fact, technical issues are not responsible for the majority of changes in traffic you see at, uh, at Google Search Console. Right. It's probably got something to do with content quality somewhere or another down the line. I think a lot of SEOs, they're working in Search Console and Search Console gives you a really good measure of the health of your website. And so when you see the problem in Search Console, you expect the solution also has to be in Search Console. Sometimes it's not. Right. Yeah. But you know what? Actually, that's that's a really, really good reminder for, for, for everybody because I have fallen into that same trap. Different application of, of, of sort of problem. But I have done that where I've isolated a problem in a specific environment that leads me in the wrong path for a solution just because mm-hmm. I found a, a signal of a problem and it happened to me literally about an hour ago where I was actually looking at a different problem and found a completely new one. Uh, that was actually more severe and all I was actually originally looking at was the symptoms, but I was trying to solve those symptoms for like an hour, hour and a half. Okay, so this is like a common SEO rabbit hole. Um, I found a problem, but it wasn't the one I was trying to solve, but I'm glad I solved it when I found it. Right. Well, yeah, and that was it. Like, I was just noticing that, like, let's go into it. So this can just, like, let people know, here's a caveat, and you've heard me rant about JavaScript. So (laughs) buckle up. Here's one more. Um, Where we were hitting just a slight lag um, in one of the scripts required to properly render the page for Google. So Google was kind of Mm. lagging, and once out of every occasional page, it wouldn't catch it. And so it would drop the content, but oh. it wasn't global and it might catch it next time. Oh, right. Like, this is like the Chinese water torture for Google. Yeah. And I just happened to go in and try and do a rendering, just actually looking to solve like at, at a different thing because it just happened to be pages not working and we'd made some title and description changes, right? Just one of those like, I'm looking, I'm playing whack a mole looking over here now, and it's an intermittent problem that isn't happening everywhere. So I wasn't thinking pre rendering systems Mm. (laughs) because it wasn't happening everywhere anyway so but the solution ended up being in different tools than the ones i was originally in in that case it did end up being a technical problem but not where i was where i was starting my investigation and i'd actually began sort of going oh it's probably that content stuff we changed i count titles and descriptions as a content thing um and, and ended up being a technical problem so i was sort of reversing that but you're right i mean basically john's going no sometimes your site sucks and so do you it has nothing to do with the build <laughs> like that makes sense they do a pretty good job with tech in our case it was tech we weren't actually showing them all the great content i like to think great because it's my client um all the great content um that the client had to offer um but i think in most cases you know you're running a wordpress site yeah, I mean, you'd have to really, really screw up the tech to make Google ignore it in like a you dropped eight positions or more kind of way. It's really funny. As, as, as we're sitting here talking about this, I'm thinking of the different hierarchies of um, website where um, technical SEO becomes increasingly more important. Mm-hmm. And then most websites where technical SEO, I mean, you want to have a good site. You want it to perform like a race car and stuff but let's face it when you're racing mazda it's all you need is a mazda right you know um yeah. most websites suck i don't know that might come some surprise to you dave but most websites <laughs> really suck and google knows this because google sees most websites um and so 
number one, I'm, we, we talk a lot about technical SEO on this show because it gives us something technical to talk about. But number one, content is what Google's ranking. Now, content is this big basket, and there's a whole bunch of like little things inside the basket. Content is just this big word. Mm-hmm. So Google doesn't actually rank content. Google ranks a gajillion different aspects or elements of content. Content is just this big word. Google doesn't rank websites either. It just happens to be websites contain the objects that Google ranks. So we use the word websites when we talk about things that rank. Like we use content when we talk about stuff that ranks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's often in the content basket. And here's the problem with that. It's hard to talk about because it's a very big amorphous basket. Yeah. Um, I really think that that um, that that Dixon and people who are tracing back um, insight, those, those, those folks who are tracing back um, relationships of words, they're probably the closest to, I don't think they've got it figured out, but I think they're the closest to having it figured out. Right. And that, which, which means that this core update is going to change everything. <laughs> oh, these buggers are getting too close. Oh, you're doing it again. Oh my God. Here we go again. Absolutely. Um, it's like, yeah, we're bringing back the green bar page rank now. <laughs> like, let's just screw you all up for a little bit. Google's, um, Google's like, we haven't been soft Yost in a long time. Let's really get him. Let's go for Yost. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of go for, where do you want to go now? We got, we got, a, we got a plethora of stories we could choose from. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to decide which one to go down. Um. Okay. There's there's one that's going to be of some interest. Well, you know what? I, I have a tough time, and I'll bet you do too, because I'm like, this is really interesting to me. <laughs> and I don't know if it's interesting to everybody, um, but we talk a lot about algorithms and we talk a lot about um, technical uh, capabilities. Like you, you had just mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so over at Cornell, <laughs> okay. uh, they, they've been doing some, some interesting testing on algorithms. And, and of course that I, I'm actually just right in the middle of reading this paper, but I understand what it's, what it's, what it's producing. Um, and Regular listeners to the show will remember when I've talked about Bert, um, if I've ever talked about Smith, I've referred often to tokens um, and, mm-hmm. and all of the fundamental NLP systems in common use run on tokens. And, and what a token is, Bert has like, I think it's 30,000 of them. And it's basically either complete words or segments or letters. And it just allows the system to use a lot less um, sort of short power. To, it's, it's a, yeah, exactly. That's a great, great way of sort of wording it. It's a shorthand. Anyway, over at... Cornell, they're testing some new systems, um, Byte T5, anyway, if, you, if anybody cares. Um, and I've been watching, because this is what I do apparently for fun, um, I've been watching some of the experiments running with it that people are, are starting to, to produce. Um, and what it is, is a token-free. It works bite by bite. Now, that might not sound, it, it, and it works bite by bite without increasing the computational power of tokens. Now, What's important about that? Because that, that seems pretty like big deal. Okay, now they can view sort of things at a like character level instead of viewing things at a token level. But the massive, massive influence that's going to have on search, if this does evolve the direction it's going, is going to be substantial. And, and the reason for that, and we could be looking at like a year to two years from now, a 
tectonic shift because we've been talking about mom. We've been talking about Smith. We've been talking about the capabilities of Google to produce content on their own and produce answers on their own. One of the big leaps forward that moving to a bite to bite model will have is that it allows them to, to work between languages seamlessly. They, they don't need to understand oh, something in this, this token. Yeah, it's, it's an outstanding, outstanding evolution to be able to do that with the computational equivalent of working with tokenized systems. Um, so it's going to be one to watch. And I have a feeling we're, what we're going to see happen at Google on their capabilities in actually just, I hate to be a publisher, but if in their ability to actually produce content, this sort of moves their capabilities far past to a, a language agnostic system. I mean, I, I, maybe overstating that slightly in, in the short term, at least, but enabled to understand concepts, contexts, and entities on a very, very different level where whether it's Chinese, Malaysian, English, or Spanish, they can pull that data together and produce one answer from it. So their ability to pull from, from a broader range of sources, to be able to pull from you know, a, a Spanish site in Mexico and give me the answer in English when I'm asking about visiting this area, right? Like to be able Indeed. to not just go, you can use a crappy Google Translate, but just present this to me, merged with data from English language constructs and English language websites as well and, and merging the data. I, I think it's going to be I'm, a big leap. Listeners, understand this for a second. Like, like think about this for a second. It, the, the way it used to work, and I think the way most people relate to search is, um, or the most people think about searches, the search engine is relating word to word, character to character. Um, so it has to be a Latin based character and Google will understand this Latin based character relates to this Latin based character. You put them together, you get a word, they understand this word. This is beyond that. Google is now seeing words in a whole bunch of different languages, not as words, but as concepts. And the concept is the same in like in Chinese and in English and in German and in Italian. Um, Basically, Google's mission is to pull the whole, the whole entity of like human knowledge and make it available to to all the humans. They can actually do that now by understanding all the knowledge in all the languages, mm -hmm. and they're no longer languages. They're just, well, I don't, I don't even, tokens, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they can now be understood, and almost it's not it's not like the translating it's seamless understanding and imparting that's phenomenal well it's something worth noting that i realized i, I sort of miss well not misled because it was published at, at cornell the, the research was actually done at cornell under google research so and i just realized i'm like oh right i don't think i actually mentioned because i've been like launched into what this means at google this is actually being conducted for google this research so um it, it's sort of one of those this will be kind of, it's not to say everything they research will necessarily be deployed into the algorithm, but I can't see researching this one unless you're going, we just need to be able to, we need to cross that gap over to being as efficient as tokenized models. Um, and it appears they're getting really, really close, at least in a lot of instances. Okay. On that, we got to grab one more break. Uh, well, we have the chance here on WebCology on WMR. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beatson Content Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. It is the 3rd of June. 2021. We're back after these messages. Here's 
the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.WMR.FM. It is the 3rd of June, 2021. And uh, Google has, uh, Google doesn't often change its metrics and then say we uh, we updated and changed it, um, but Google, um, well, how to say this? I don't think Google has is 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 noting it made a mistake, but Google listened to or at least studied the data it was receiving, and has made um, one of its uh, uh, core web vital metrics a little more favorable to uh, to webmasters. Um, cumulative layout shift (CLS) is a uh, very difficult to, to fully understand metric. But what it, what it basically comes down to is um, when a page is loading on, mostly on mobile, but also on desktop, um, as objects load, sometimes it displaces um, where other objects are on the page. So maybe as the page is loading, you're on a mobile device and a form has become usable and you've started filling in the form, but mm-hmm. new things are loading and they shift the page around and suddenly what you're filling in stops being a form and has become a banner ad that you've clicked on and now your 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 personal page experience has gone all to hell that's cumulative layout shift and it was calculated by um uh 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 but uh, what appears to be a kind of complex um calculation of how much it shifts how much an object might shift from the top of screen to middle of screen where where it should be the middle of the object ought to be and how much it shifts from the right or left side of the screen multiplied together uh and then you divide it by something else you divide it by something else i forget and you get a number uh, that's an integer um 0.01 or 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 higher 0.01 being the uh the score you want to come close to mm-hmm. okay <laughs> That was really hard to explain. If you have to take that much time to explain something, it's probably a little too complicated, eh? It can be. And we're, of course, we're in a very complicated space. Like you're you're well aware. You've tried to like play around with this stuff, but that's that was a re- really good, was a good, a really explanation. good explanation. Yeah. Um, okay, so in to, to, to make a very long explanation short, 
Google has noticed that everyone's stuff bounces. You just can't prevent it. There's no, no amount of spanks is going to prevent you from bouncing around on the web. It's just the way it works. But they don't oh, want you horrible. to. I'm sorry. I'm trying here. Really, I am. Um, everyone, I'm going to retract that whole, that whole section there. Right? Okay. Everyone's web pages bounce around as they load. It happens. Unless, unless it's only a text page. If you've got objects, you have an image in there. Maybe your image. Maybe you've got those like, like massive images that resize as the, uh, as the page loads. All the kids are doing it that way these days, Dave. Um, that will that will that will make your your page dance around. Google's noticed that everyone does that, and so they've made the cumulative layout shift metric a little more forgiving. Um, so you're going to see. You're likely going to see natural changes in that metric. You're probably going to see a lot more green bar than yellow or red bar. Pay attention to the yellow or red bar anyway. Um, Google has made this this change. It doesn't mean that your pages are automatically repairing themselves. They're not. Google is just measuring slightly differently and slightly more favorably. Fix your problems. Yeah, and I think something that that folks should also know, and it, it's interesting because like I have a dashboard where I watch my clients like it's on their dashboards. Like you watch yourself compared to your competitors. We've talked about mm -hmm. that. Like you just need to be faster than the other campers, not the bear sort of a approach mm -hmm. to things. But when, when you're feeling all good, cause your, you know, layout shift is, is scores improved. All those other campers just got a pair of like great sneakers too. <laughs> like All of you are running <laughs> a little bit faster now. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a benefit, but I do think it's, it's good for Google to be giving more and more accurate, feedback right it helps us focus on what actually matters it's like oh, okay this one isn't as as bad as i thought um you know so it'll let me focus my energy it's not to say that it's flawless it's just to say it might change how i prioritize what i'm getting done and, and the order that i might be looking at stuff so I, I really appreciate that they do keep up with these things even if it might just be a level playing field anyway on its prioritization of what I tackle for crazy, those actual human beings. Um, it, it, it'll give a, a better representation of what I should be changing to actually make their experience better. Now, our job is to quote unquote, I'm, I'm doing the biggest air quotes you, you all possibly can't see on the radio. Our, our job is to quote unquote, know what Google is doing and why. We're supposed mm -hmm. to know what the ranking factors are, right? But we mm -hmm. don't, we don't. We, we have very strongly educated guesses, mm -hmm. um, but the honest truth is we don't know for a fact that it's X, Y, Z, A, B, or C are ranked. Especially when it, it depends. <laughs> it always, indeed, it always depends. Um, we do know what Google tells us. We do know that core web values are going to be ranking factors, specifically cumulative layout shift and uh, uh, largest contentful page. Um, how, how long it takes for the largest objects on your web on your website being in mobile or desktop to, to load. Um, we don't know exactly when those are going to be uh, ranking factors, but we know that they will be. Um, this is the closest you're going to get to Google saying um, the sky is blue and the ocean is too. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, no, that's that's about right. Um, um, although Google did quite clearly say the other day, when it comes to news and, and loss of revenue, it ain't our fault. It did say that. 
They were, well, they, they are they good at saying it's not our fault. They're really good. <laughs> like it's the one time they won't say it depends. Is it your fault? You'll never hear them say it depends. <laughs> well, there was a, there, there's Google sitting there going, it's not our fault, but they're pointing at Craig Newmark and you know, whistling slyly, saying it's all Craig's fault. Apparently, Google has found um, that the decline in newspaper revenue, over half of it came from losing the classified ads. And Google's like, yo, we didn't do that. That's Craig's fault. Which is probably true. Yeah, actually, from, from that context, it, it probably is. Um, and I think also, and this part is their fault, but it's not their fault at the same time, uh, the attention span of human beings not going past, and we all have seen this in, in the political space and every discussion I've had in politics, um, if, it, if it doesn't fit in that little short title and probably the little bit of a description that's going to appear in a, in a search result or Twitter feed, um, then I probably don't know it as information, but I will engage passionately in an argument about it, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so well. that, that, you know, that lack, they, our, our attention span in not actually seeking information and then clicking through to actually provide that ad revenue um, to those publishers, I think is, and that, that part is, it's not all Google's fault, but it's, you know, they're making revenue where, I do right. want to add something that is absolutely irrefutable information because it mm -hmm. sounded like I was just downing on the guy. Craig Newmark yeah. is one of the nicest people I've met in the in the industry ever. We had him on the show years and years back. Yeah, and he, yeah, he, yeah. he was a charming, wonderful dude. I forgot about that. Yeah. So anyway, I don't want to sound like it's Craig Newmark's fault, but newspapers it's not. He's a really cool dude. It was just the effect of Craigslist happened to do this. Right. Speaking of publishers, Google News. Okay. How many publishers have you tried to get into Google News and um, Google just didn't want to cooperate? <laughs> uh, I haven't actually tried one that I didn't get in. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've yeah. only tried a, a handful of them. Like, it's not like I'm not, I don't specialize in working with publishers or something. I've had a couple of failures over the years. Um, most, most get in. Mm -hmm. and some, some don't. And there's a lot of reasons, but Google doesn't necessarily tell you all the reasons. Either you fit the criteria or you don't fit the criteria. So you struggle as hard as you can to fit the criteria. <laughs> Ironically, Google has just released a Google News transparency policy. <laughs> Being a little bit more transparent, they released their transparency policy. So here's a couple things that are really important if you're a publisher and you're trying to get your client into Google, or you're trying to get yourself into Google News, you're an SEO trying to get your client into Google News. Mm -hmm. At the article level, um, Google News sees signals, uh, art article byline that links to a bio describing an author's credentials or expertise. Mm -hmm. An article publishing date. Get a publishing date on there. It's, 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 it's quite important. Um, and labeling to indicate the type of article. Example, is it an opinion article or is it a news article? Because Google wants you to point out the difference from now on. Site level news factors. Does the website have a mission statement? Are there editorial policies and standards? And are those editorial policies and standards available to the readers? Um, is there staff information and bios for uh, editorial and for the business staff? Is there contact information, um, including offline contact information? Um, other organizational organization level information, like uh, who are the owners? How does the, uh, how does the newspaper make its money or sustain itself? For instance, the Washington Post would want to know that it's an Amazon company. Right. Um, 
Google does understand that, like, you know, different countries have different expectations. And Google also understands that journalism is sometimes a very dangerous occupation. And in those cases, it's going to grant publications and journalists a break. For instance, if naming a source or naming yourself will put the journalist at danger, Google's going to give them a break and, and not necessarily ban their article for not having a byline. Right. But that's going to be in rare occasions. Um, uh, Google is uh, also going to, um, well, Google's going to try to uh, uh, help the smaller sites and try to make them a little bit more visible. But as anyone who's used Google over a long period of time knows, um, that's more intensive intent than reality. <laughs> so uh, the bigger sites are always going to have an advantage because they got bigger links, bottom line. And that's, yeah, it's, it's the SEO version of it takes money to make money. <laughs> but for the honest to goodness, for the first time, that is the longest list of things you absolutely need to get into Google News. That I, I swear to you, Dave, if you, if you looked for that list uh, two weeks ago, you wouldn't have found something that long. No, and that's it's great. Like I do appreciate because these are all technical requirements, right? Like basically, um, is they're just handing you the the sort of technical manual that you need to follow. I think it's great, um, and I think it it helps. I think it helps the smaller players a little better. Like anytime they do something like this, I do appreciate it because. Mm -hmm. The, the the bigger players have SEO teams that have played around with stuff and have figured this out, right? Like that'll have gone like, oh, okay, we noticed the pages that don't have bylines don't perform as well as these ones, right? Or like they'll have been able to figure that out because they're working at a scale or they've worked for other publishers and dealt with this. Um, you know, I think lists like this allow smaller publishers to come in and go, oh, okay, I've got my checklist. Now, if I still don't rank and I've done everything on this checklist, that means I need more power and I need better content. Right? Like I need more links and I need to make sure I'm producing the best content. Um, but that's, that just, now it's an absolutely typical SEO battle. <laughs> it's, we all need that. Um, but at least okay. there's not some technical thing you just didn't know. We are so close. We got, we got, we got time for one more, one more very short story. And uh, this one is very short. Um, we've been talking about uh, 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 core web vitals, which I hate that name. My goodness. I don't like it's this is an engineer's an engineer's way of naming a metric. Mm -hmm. um, there was talk about whether there would be an icon, a uh, a little marker for pages that, according to John Mueller, there was talk about it, but he hasn't heard nothing for the longest time. So mm -hmm. maybe there won't be. Um, that was well, we still got time. <laughs> According to Martin Schmidt, uh, we can't actually be talking much about the story, but I do want to talk about it sometime next week. Going to Martin Schmidt, um, Google search representatives aren't supposed to know a lot about ranking factors. Mm -hmm. What did you think about that? Um, I found it interesting. Um, and yeah, he, he alluded to like some of the other people do, like Gary does, because his knowledge predate like his entrance predates that right so but what about what stuff. about the post-dating stuff like today's reality well exactly and they probably don't have updates but they know more from the past like you know which is it's great like i think i can predict what's going on now better than maybe somebody who wasn't an seo back in like the early 2000s sort of thing right like where you just pass knowledge that's help these people have passed knowledge that so far exceeds anything i can pretend to know uh, mm -hmm. but i i do find that interesting and I find it probably half true, 
Um, I think like in the case of Martin, and that's not at, at Google's like a dig at Google. When we talk about somebody like Martin who deals with like rendering and JavaScript, you know how I love JavaScript. Um, you know, but he deals with all that stuff. I think he would need to have a inroads into specific technical things, like not algorithmic, not ranking things, but specific technical components. But I don't think that's even what he's talking about because he's talking more on the ranking side. How do we run this algorithm to place a specific site in a specific location? I could see them not having that information. I think it's actually probably for the best because then they're just going to not accidentally slip up. <laughs> that makes good sense. Okay, I'm, I, I, I could make 10 comments to that, but I can't because we're out of time here on, uh, on WebCology, on WMR. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to WebCology on WMR.fm. It was recorded live to podcast on June the 3rd, 2021. Friends, we are so close to the end of the COVID crisis. We are like we're staring down the, uh, the we're, we're we're staring at herd immunity. It really, 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 really wants to happen, but that depends on you. Get vaccinated. Get your friends vaccinated. Get your family vaccinated. Get your cat and dog vaccinated, for God's sake. But get out there and get vaccinated. If we can get up to like, you know, 80, 85, 90% of the population vaccinated, we will kill this damn disease dead. And then we can go about our lives, make money, have fun, hug each other, go back to bars, all that sort of fun stuff. Have the conference circuit start up again so you can actually see our ugly mugs in person. That would be lovely. I miss all of you. And Dave misses all, we all miss you all so much. Go get vaccinated, eh? Yeah. Okay, on behalf of Dave Davies, this is Jim Hedger. You've been listening to WebCulture and WMR. Be well. We will talk to you again next week. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.